0: Hello, my name is Nyquia and welcome to the Scripture Stories, and Strategies podcast, a Christian business podcast that brings together the wisdom of the Bible and the world of business. Join us each week as we explore a different scripture or story from the Bible and unpack its relevance for modern business strategies. Our show is designed to inspire and empower Christian entrepreneurs and business leaders to integrate their faith into their daily work. We believe that the Bible is not just a spiritual guide, but a practical tool for success in the business world. Each episode features a deep dive into a specific scripture or story, along with expert insights and practical takeaways for implementing its teachings in your business. Whether you're just starting out in the business world or are a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll find valuable insights and strategies to help you succeed in your work within our podcast episodes. So tune into scripture stories and strategies to discover the power of the Bible as a business tool and learn how to apply its wisdom in your daily work. Enjoy this episode. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Scripture Stories and Strategies podcast. My name is Nyquia, and I'm not only your sister in Christ, but I'm also your host. And I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur with a few businesses under my belt. And the purpose of this podcast is to help Christian entrepreneurs like you infuse more of their faith and God's word within their marketing and business strategies. And I'm able to do this by taking the scriptures and stories from the Bible and then transforming them into excuse me, into applicable business strategies so that Jesus is always within your business plans, trials, and successes as your number one business partner. And honestly, like I say, every single episode at the beginning, my ultimate goal is to help you learn how to also use the Bible as your number one business tool. So if you guys, this is the second episode, hi guys, of the year of 2024. If you guys have not heard the first episode of 2024, which I believe was season Gosh, what season are we in now, guys? We're in season five. So season five, episode eight, which was last episode, was all about how to serve God in your business in 2024. And that that one really came from my heart. I didn't really have that one planned out. Uh, usually I have my podcast episodes planned out, what I want to say so I don't forget to say anything. But that one was off of a whim and just what I was feeling and what the Holy Spirit was kind of telling me to tell you guys. So if you want to learn how to serve god within your business one this is the podcast for you and if you have any friends any christian entrepreneurs that are out there that also want to find ways to incorporate god within all aspects of their business then please share this podcast with them um and the last episode i just posted is a great episode for them to start Uh, but overall they have five seasons worth of episodes to binge now today's episode I actually want to dive into business finances. Um you know scripture includes I don't know if you guys know but scripture includes about a little over 2500 verses all about handling money and possessions. And those 2500 verses plus you know I'm not sure the exact number but They honestly give us a blueprint and they teach us God's way of handling money, whether it's personal or whether for business. This one's going to be more for your business finances, by the way, but you can also apply this, of course, to personal finances. I mean, it's all about money management at the end of the day. But here's the thing about God's way of handling money, right? I want you to know that God's way of handling money works. And not only does it work, it works every day single time I found a, st- a statistic earlier that I wanted to share with you guys that was very shocking to me I um, mean honestly kind of sad so only five percent of Christians tithe I'll talk about tithing in a few almost 40 percent give nothing at all and as a group Christians give only 2.5 percent of their income um, now I don't know if this statistic is when it says their income um, I don't know if they are talking about tithing and so forth, but these st- statistics honestly reveal a sad truth and many Christians, Christians basically do not spend according to what the Bible teaches, which is why a lot of us are in need of a, fi- a financial reversal. And honestly, the truth is, if you find yourself, I like to use the quote, robbing Peter to pay Paul, if you've never heard of that. Basically, if you find yourself living month to month and pulling money from one thing to pay for another. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, whether that's in your business or your personal life, you are living outside the will of God. Now, somebody once told me this and I took it personal because I started coming up with all these excuses like, no, I'm not living outside the will of God. It's because of this situation and this concept. Like I was very defensive and it wasn't until I heard a similar message, which I'm going to, you know, talk about today that really had me sit down and be like, you know what? First of all, who am I to be exempt from what God says about money management? One, two. The reason I found out, the reason why I'm in a certain financial situation is because I'm not handling money God's way. It's it's in black and white. So I say that to say that if you you know are living paycheck to paycheck, you you are living outside of the will of God. Um, but I don't mean that in a rude way. I just mean that as it's it's literally the truth. And you'll see as we get into this podcast episode that some of us as Christian entrepreneurs are not managing our business finances the way God tells us to. At the end of the day, God's word never changes. God's word is living and no one is exempt from God's wisdom on managing money. So if you operate outside what he says, why do you expect your finances to be secure? So scripture tells us also that if God can't trust you within one area of your life, why would he trust you with resources in another part of your life? That part right there made me sit down. Now you can refer to Luke 16, 10, 11 from that. Um, But basically sometimes we're not blessed financially within our businesses and it's because we aren't taking either our personal finances the way God wants us to manage it or we weren't even trusted with the resources that he has given us. So why would he trust us with more? So with all that being said, I do have a few episodes throughout the seasons on this podcast about finances, so I'm not going to dive into the nitty gritty. There's one episode I really want you guys to listen to. It's called Let's Talk Finances, I want to say, is the title. Actually, no, I found it. It's called Let's Talk Money, 15 Finance and Money Management Wisdom Tips for Christian Entrepreneurs. Now that's going to be in season four. Episode seven, I highly, highly recommend you guys go and give that episode a listen because I dive way deeper into money management that I'm going to dive in on this one. But I'm taking some of the things I talked about in there and applying it to this episode. So, uh, uh, n- but the fact that we are at the beginning of the year and I started off the first episode of the year about how to serve God within your business in 2024, I also want to put another finance podcast episode in there and talk about, you know, our business finances and um, how to reverse our business finances. Uh, Because at the beginning of the year, you know, we're either starting new businesses, we're investing in new projects for our businesses, we're trying to scale our businesses. um, And no matter which one of those groups you fall into, your, your finances are going to play a huge part. Now, I want to address this episode. I think I already mentioned it, but I want to address this with people who are actually struggling with business finances right now and need biblical guidance on how to reverse their financial situation. So today's episode is called Three Steps to Reversing Business Finances God's Way. And like I said before, this can go for your personal finances too. Uh, But since this is a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, all of us are going to have business finances. So that's why it's titled that way. So the very very first episode I ever did of this podcast was actually on the widow's olive oil which can be found in 2 Kings chapter 4 and I'm going to use this same story again but to talk about how God can help reverse business finances. So also if you haven't listened to that episode I highly recommend it because I do use that story to also talk about how as Christian entrepreneurs we think we need so many things to either start a business or grow a business and we don't even realize what we already have in front of us and sometimes the solutions for our problems whether that's finances whether that's marketing whether that's you know hiring whatever problems we run into when it comes to running a business sometimes the st- the solution is staring us right in the face and we don't understand what we already have or what God can already use and so That's a great episode to also dive into if you're feeling stuck and initiating any project within your business endeavors. If you feel unqualified, if you feel unequipped, that's a perfect episode to also listen to. And that's the very first episode that I did. But anyways, as always, before I begin this episode, I like to give a relevant scripture of the day. And today's verse comes from Deuteronomy 8.18, which says, you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Okay. So there are three steps to help you reverse your business finances God's way. And those three steps are, I'm going to say it here and I'm going to break them down, but those three steps are give, save and spend. So remember those three steps, give, save, and spend. And it's in exactly that order. Um, So first is to give, second is to save, third is to spend. So yes, reversing your business finances and getting back on track is all within these three simple steps. So now using the widow's olive oil, once again, you can find that in 2 Kings chapter 4. Um, so using the widow's olive oil, as well as a few more stories from the Bible, I'm going to explain to you how these three steps will help you reverse or start to reverse your business finances in 2024, also your personal finances. So the first step is to give. Now, when I say give, it's kind of like a two-folded or kind of 3 action I'm talking about um, or action of giving, our fi- giving based on our financial situations. But I'm talking about giving back to God what he's blessed us with. But it's also important to understand that God is the source of everything, including your finances. Um, but I'll go over this in a few. But when I'm saying giving, I'm really talking about uh, tithing, giving back to God. But this also includes um, giving to those in need. So being generous it's also included in that. But I'll, t- I'll talk about that more in a few. So once again, it's it's important to understand that God is the source of everything. If that's the only thing you remember from this whole episode today, remember God is the source of everything. And then remember, give, save, spin. <laughs> um, but when you um, realize that God is the source of everything, everything is going to start to make sense, right? So when I say God is the source of everything, your money does not belong to you. We are simply stewards of God's resources. Uh, Romans eleven thirty six says, "For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen." Second uh, Corinthians nine ten through eleven says, "He who supplies." seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to god malachi three ten says bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and therefore and thereby i'm sorry Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 basically says when we honor God with our first and our best, not just our first, but also our best, he does the same for us. So why is this all important to understand when it comes to giving? Because once you understand that God is the source of all, including your finances, God becomes your source and no other worldly resource has hold over you. So giving means to give back to God and also be generous to others. So giving back to God is giving back to the church, which is tithes and giving to others is um, like through offerings or blessing others with what God has blessed you with. So tithing, I wanna say that tithing is an act of acknowledgement, and worship that says that basically says you know what god you are the creator you are the sustainer of all life everything i have father comes from you and i return the first portion or this portion of what you've given me as a tangible act of obedience and trust that's what tithing basically means now i want to reiterate that nowhere in the new testament are we given a percentage to tithe we're not there's nowhere in the new testament where within the new covenant that we're given a percentage of what to tithe, that 10% that a lot of people speak of or that we're familiar of, it was specific to those living under Mosaic law. Basically, it's specific to those who were living in the Old Covenant and and for various reasons. So tithing, as mentioned before, is an act of acknowledgement and worship to our true provider, to God. So tithing is essential. It's a part of our Christian life because it's a part of helping the church expand and doing its mission. Um, and it's basically a part of acknowledging that, you know what, I have I have this because of you, Father. So I always say, or you know, honestly, in the Bible, it, what you give is between you and God. So remember that 10%, it, it's not 10% in the new covenant. And some people will debate with me, but there's nowhere in the New Testament where it says 10%. Because at the end of the day, when people get so wrapped up in the percentage of things, you start to lose out on the reason why we're giving tithes in the first place. And at the end of the day, 10%, you can probably give way more than 10%. It's all about growing, right? It's all about growing in our faith. So if we're stagnant and only giving 10%, this is the reason why I think tithing, that 10% uh, rule is not in the New Testament because we're meant to grow in our faith. And if we're only sticking to 10%, but God is blessing up with us with more finances, but we're still only giving 10%, um... I think that as our finances grow, the amount we give back or the amount we're generous with is, is, is supposed to grow as well. So, but honest, at the end of the day, do your own research, read your Bible, read the Old Testament, read the New Testament, but I do want to just reiterate that. So as entrepreneurs, we can be involved also within communities that help save lives or make lives easier. Um, and this is all about giving back as well, especially as we're business entrepreneurs and we're growing and scaling a business. You know, getting involved with the community around us or with events really helps basically give back. Now, if we have the means as Christian entrepreneurs to financially help someone, we shouldn't just pray to God to bless that person. God has already blessed us to help them. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that we see somebody in need and we have the means to help them, but we're quick to just be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna pray for you. I'm going to pray to God and or we'll do it in silence. Oh, you know, Father, I pray for this person's wealth and health, well-being. But all this time you have every single thing to help that person. And I read a quote one day and it really stuck with me because. uh, Before I say the quote, one, we represent Christ here on Earth, right? So to be 100 percent honest with you, when I read this quote, it made sense. But sometimes we are the only quote unquote Jesus someone comes to know as christian first of all we're already held to a certain level as christians people are watching our every move right which honestly as they should because we aren't supposed to be operating as the world operates we're supposed to be operating completely separate of how this world operates so we are going to be held to a higher standard and people are going to be looking at us people are going to be watching our actions now we're not perfect um i think that's the whole essence of christianity you know we are not perfect But people are watching our every move. So if we have the means to help and instead of praying for somebody and just actually helping them, I'm telling you, people take notice of that. And uh, people take notice of that. And I just feel like, excuse me, I lost my train of thought because something just, I'm looking outside, guys. I have a window right here and I just seen like a squirrel do something weird. So I'm like, what in the world? But anyways, what was I saying? Um, Yeah, people really put a glass you know a microscope to exactly every single thing we do and at the end of the day if we have the means to bless somebody bless them because at the end of the day we wouldn't even have what we have if it wasn't for our father we're we're supposed to be here on earth um, representing Christ until he returns but anyways I have a whole episode also on tithing it's also within that episode I just said uh, season four episode seven let's talk money I talk a little bit more about tithing in that episode I also have a YouTube channel or I would I have a video on YouTube about that, a blog post about that. And I'll, I'll link all of that in the show notes. Um, okay, so let's get back on track. Sorry guys about that. So when you give back first to God, he can easily multiply it. Some of us skip this first and important step with our businesses or our personal finances, right? We receive income, and we immediately go to spending or we receive income and we immediately hoard what we have because of a scarcity mindset, right? We don't know when the next check is coming in. So we have to, we have to save everything we have. Um, some of us even give what's left over. And let me tell you right now, God is not a leftover type of God. So if you're struggling with your finances, business or personal, I want you to ask yourself, do you ever give? And is it the first thing you do? Do you seek God's wisdom once a paycheck hits your account? Or do you save, um, do you save God in giving for last and then hand him over the leftovers? Like, you know what, I have $20 left. I might as well tide this. You know, really think about what you do as soon as you come across money, your wealth, finances. But uh, okay, so let me break down the power of inviting God into your finances and giving back first and what it can truly do to help start reversing your finances. So we see God consistently multiply things that were given to him first, that that we give up to him. Uh, we see this happen in Matthew 14, 17 through 19, where Jesus sees the problem of not enough food and the disciples are like, well, you know, there's not enough to feed everybody here. And you know, the little boy that has the loaf of bread and the fish. And what is the first thing that Jesus does? You know, the first thing he does is he looks up to heaven and he says a blessing. This blessing, this immediate action of including God, immediately provides more than enough loads and fish for the crowd of like 4,000 plus, right? We see this again in 2 Corinthians. Um, uh, I'm sorry, we don't. And In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God actually reveals the purpose why there's a surplus when he gives a blessing. And if you read 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So according to this passage, God doesn't just provide for what we need, which is really amazing, right? He provides a surplus that we may share it with others. That's where that generosity comes in when it comes to giving it. We're given the means to bless others. That's what we're here for. Um, so this is the labor that God wants us to join him in. So the food that endures to eternal life is making God our primary focus and helping others to find and make him their focus too. Sometimes our financial blessings are a witness to others. And I'll talk about that in a few when we talk about the widow's olive oil. But another instance we see God multiplying resources is in First Kings uh, 17, 8 through 6, I believe. Uh, There's a lady and her son, and they only have food, you know, for this prophet. They only have a little bit amount of food to give to this prophet. And God multiplied that tiny amount so that they never ran out of food again. Um, And then that brings me to the widow's olive oil, uh, because we see the same thing happen to this widow. And we're going to once again be referring to 2 Kings chapter 4, which is the foundation of today's business application. So... If you haven't read the story of the widow's olive oil, I recommend you make it your Bible study this week and listen to what God is trying to tell you through this story, uh, story. But I'll briefly explain what's going on. So in this story, we're introduced to a widow. Her husband just died and left basically unpaid bills. So to pay off this debt, the widow was threatened to have her sons taken away from her to work off this debt. Now, it's important to note that in these days and biblical times in the Old Testament, at least widows did not inherit her husband's estate. So if a husband died, it will go to everything will go to the son, the, the, the oldest son, or if it was the only son. And if the widow didn't have any sons, it will go to the husband's brother. So the widow was just out of luck. Um, they were very vulnerable in society, um, sometimes very much abused because, you know, they really had no protection. So the first thing uh, I just wanted to say that just to give you a picture of, you know, what this woman may have been going through, uh, because you can you can probably think she was afraid. So the first thing that this woman did, though, was seek God through the prophet Elisha. Notice. And if you read the first uh, paragraph of, you know, this this story, she doesn't go to a bank or a creditor, a creditor, which they did have in those times. She could have borrowed money from someone. She did not. But she didn't seek to borrow money to help her situation, which means at some point she connected God with the source of her problem. That's so important. She connected God with the source of her problem, not the world. So Elisha was a prophet during the time of the kings, Israel's kings, and he was actually Elijah's protege. So when her husband died, she knew her husband to be a man of God and Honestly, if she knew her husband to be a man of God, she must have seen God work in his life. So she knew that that was the source she needed access. She needed to access for help. So Elisha then answers her uh, and asks the widow, you know, what What can I do to help you? What do you have in your house? And so the widow answers and says, the only thing that I have is a jar of olive oil, right? So she automatically, she's looking at she's looking at it in a worldly view. Not a spiritual view. All she's looking at is what she has and what she doesn't have. So Elisha then instructs this widow to go outside, borrow vessels or jars from all of her neighbors, and don't borrow only a few. Grab as much as you can. Um, then Elisha tells her once you grab all these jars, go back to your house, shut the door behind your you and your sons. Um, I do want to pause right there because you can really grasp what's going on. Uh, because Elisha being a prophet could have blessed her right then and there, right? He could have immediately gave her what she needed, but notice how Elisha wanted to show her how God can multiply anything as long as you seek him first. Another thing I want you to notice is that he tells her to go borrow vessels from all of her neighbors and not just a few. To borrow something means what? It means you intend to give it back, right? Which is going to play a role in witnesses to how God worked in this widow's life. And you'll soon see that when she... Uh, When God does bless her, it usually involves the witnesses of others. And that very event can help them seek God on their own. Uh, Then I also want you to notice how Elisha commands her to close the door behind her. Because guys, it's very important because a lot of God's blessings take place in secret. It's not for everybody else to know. Um, You know, sometimes it's just between you and God. And then you become that walking testimony. So continuing the story, Elisha then tells her, tells the widow that once the door is shut, start pouring that jar of olive oil you had, that little jar of olive oil, start pouring it into the vessels. And once all the vessels are full, um, and once that, once one vessel is full, sorry, start pouring into another. All right, so she goes ahead, she starts pouring the little jar of oil. She starts pouring more. Once full, puts it to the side. Pulls more, puts it to the side. Eventually, she asked her son, you know, bring me more vessels. And the son was like, there is no more. As soon as the son said there were no more, the, o- the flow of the oil immediately stops. So then um, it tells us that she goes to find Elisha and tells him what happened. And Elisha then instructs her and says, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and then you and your sons can live on the rest. Not only did God give her enough oil to pay off her husband's debt, he gave her enough for her and her sons to live off the rest of their lives. So for the rest of her life, she was financially secure. Also keep in mind, we can assume, I, I said this earlier, we can assume she gave back what she borrowed and you can imagine the neighbors probably knowing her financial situation. I'm pretty sure back in those times, if you became a widow, everybody knew of your situation. And they knew what being a widow meant. So probably knowing her financial situation, they probably wonder, why are we giving her these vessels? Like go ahead and have it. She's already, you know, she already in need. Let's just give her what she needs. Now they see her selling this oil. They're She's giving back to them what she's borrowed and they're seeing she's doing okay. You know, they see that she's living in abundance just with the jar that they gave her to borrow. And I say this because sometimes our blessings can be the seed that sows for others. So what can we learn about first, you know, about first giving our financial problems to God first? Uh, Because, see, this widow had the same problems some of us have uh, as Christian entrepreneurs. It's not really a financial problem because that's a worldly view. It's really a spiritual problem. She spiritually did not understand that she had what she had at that moment and what God can do with little. Sorry, guys, if you hear somebody mowing the lawn outside my office is literally near my window um so hopefully when i edit this i can like edit that out so i'm sorry so going back to what i was saying um spiritually she didn't understand what she had and what god could do with the little that she had and some of us struggle with that as well we started our businesses but don't have a way to buy more inventory we started our businesses or we're scaling our businesses and now we're way behind and we don't have you know finances to hire people to help maybe we want to start a business but the lack of the finances are holding us back but honestly the truth is we have to first think spiritually about our finances and give them to God and when he blesses us give back to him it's literally acknowledging him um we always have always I always and I've personally believe this we always have our own olive joy olive oil jar staring us right in the face there's something we possess from god whether it's a skill education resource gift talent it could be your network the people that you're around we always possess our own little version of olive oil that god can use to help with our finances but we only have access to that wisdom when we include him first um and then once again, I mentioned before that this was kind of a two-folded, three-folded message when it comes to giving. And I want to express that giving back to God through tithing um, is important as well. So not just only uh, giving your problems to God financially, your business finances to God, but also giving back to him through tithing. We have to realize that God wants us to give back to the church in order for the church to continue its mission. For example, my church is involved in so many community developments locally and globally, um, spreading the news of Jesus as well as helping those in need. And none of that, none of that would be possible if us as members of the church did not give back to the church. So at the end of the day, we are one body in Christ. We all serve one mission and we don't even own our own bodies, right? So therefore, to keep the mission alive until Jesus returns, we must tithe back to our church So even though there's no percentage of a requirement anymore, it should be something we should want to do. It's all in the Great Commission, um, making disciples of the nations and then, you know, helping our neighbors. So um, now how you tithe from your business is up to you personally. You can pay yourself out from your business. So this would be like an employee payment or a CEO payment, and that becomes your personal income. And then you can use that to give back a portion that sits well between you and God. Um, And you can use that to give back to the church. And also if you have the financial means from your personal income that you withdraw from your business, if you have the personal means to help someone in need, bless them as well. Okay, so I feel like that was the giving part was kind of all over the place because it was like a double threefold message. But hopefully you guys get that point. I want to dive in now to the second and third parts of reversing our business finances. So after giving, I want to dis- discuss the next step, which is to save. So it's important to save before you spend. Do not save if you have it just left over, just as your leftover should not be uh, given to tithe. Another thing to know is savings are future oriented, future goals, future projects um, that you have for your business. Even outside in the personal realm, if you have children, um, saving for your children's future. Scriptures tells us that parents, we shouldn't be leaving our kids to our debts. Instead, we should be leaving them an inheritance. And one way to do that is through saving. Um, and I'm referring to Proverbs 13, where it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Also, as I mentioned before, many of us may be in a business debt because as soon as our business generates income, We have no plan on how that revenue is dispersed. So when it comes to savings, we may take that and spend first, leaving leftovers as a saving method. And my (laughs) loves, leaving leftovers is not a method of saving. So the Bible teaches us that setting aside money for the future is wise. There's so much scripture in the Bible that talks about saving. One scripture that comes to mind is 1 Corinthians 16.2. Uh, that says, let me look that up real quick. Okay, that says on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. I also want to say saving includes creating a budget as well as being content with what you have. Personally, that being content with what you have is what put me into a business debt, financial debt, financially. Uh, And I talk about that on some of my past episodes. But jesus talked about the importance of making a budget while teaching his followers Um, and in luke 14 28 through 30 he asks, you know his disciples for which which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish so Getting to the end of the month without enough money to cover basic expenses is just like the person who goes to build a tower, who goes to lay the foundation and can't finish because he's out of money. But when you sit down first and you count the cost by making a budget every month, every time a new month begins, that won't happen anymore. It, it, It couldn't happen because you planned for it. This same principle applies to our business finances. So can you actually afford to work with an influencer this month? Can you actually afford to run campaigns this holiday season? Can you actually afford to hire a manager and so forth? So that second part of saving I mentioned is being content. Paul really dives into why being content is so important. And I recommend you reading Philippians 4, 11 through 13, um, because Paul gives the secret about being content. And let's be real, if we should, be tr- if we should trust anybody about being content from a biblical figure, it's Paul. So bringing this back to business, think about what you're actually saving for when it comes to your business and don't make hasty decisions to always buy the next best thing in your business just because you see, you know, one of your competitors buying these things. Truly, you know, invest in an accountant if you have the means or you can do it yourself and count the cost of operating your businesses. What is the cost to operate what is the cost for your business to operate every single month? And then understand what you can actually save towards each month from those after those operating expenses. The last part of this three step process is reversing of reversing finances is to spend. This is the part we're all been waiting for, right? <laughs> so now it's crucial to not just spend, but to spend with the plan. God is a planner. We see that in his creation process alone. Um, we also see that God is very detailed with instructions you can look at the instructions he gives noah when he's building the ark you can give this look at the instruction he gives moses joshua david uh solomon when he's building the temple jesus and others when god gives instructions they are so so detailed so why wouldn't we want to include the ultimate planner who is super detailed within the plans you know on how we should spend our money we earn for our businesses why would we not want to include god you know it's kind of foolish not to Proverbs 21 5 says the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely um, to poverty or lead to poverty. Here's a couple of more. I'm going to just list, list these scriptures. That way you can refer to them all about the importance of planning. So Proverbs 16 13, Proverbs sixteen nine, Proverbs 15 22, Proverbs 19 21 psalms 24 acts 223 luke 951 and luke 14 verses 28 through 30 so that's a list for you guys to go back and refer to read on your own understand the content the concept of it and what is god trying to tell you those verses so with all that being said when it comes to spending your business profits after giving and saving start with your needs first so needs from business revenue usually starts with once again an employer as or CEO payout basically paying yourself and then needs can also be taken care of like fixed costs for your business as i mentioned before so systems automations that take that make sure your business runs every single day and then from there it's all about being content you know with the essentials of what it costs to run your business do you really need to upgrade to the higher tier plan if your numbers don't show you need to Do you really need to invest in a whole website revamp because you've seen one of your competitors just do a whole new website and it looks beautiful and now you want to do a whole brand new website, but your analytics don't even back up how users are already engaging with your site? You have now, you know, do you really need to purchase new inventory just because you aren't happy with the current or older inventory that is selling? Are you actually looking at your numbers and understanding why they aren't selling? Are you handling that first before you just go ahead and purchase new inventory without any marketing research? See, the great thing when it comes to spending is that understanding that our basic and essential needs are already met philippians 419 assures that um that god is a need meeting god so all of our personal needs are always covered if you believe god is the ultimate provider it's a promise he tells us and i also want to briefly talk about desires real quick when it comes to spending because some christians i don't know why but some christians believe it's looked down upon if we spend what we do have something we desire listen, God is not against desires. He is not against prospering. Now he's against prosperity gospel. That's a whole different thing. But God is not against the desires of our heart. God wants us to delight ourselves in him. And when we do that, our desires start to align with his will for our life. When you start to seek God more and you start to grow in your relationship more with him and include him in every aspect of your life, I promise you, I promise you, your desires Will start to change and reflect what God desires. I've seen this personally within myself when growing my business. The desires I had for my business when starting my business are completely different now than the desires I have now that I'm getting closer and closer with God every single day. Um, So you have to ask yourself, uh, or you have to think about how we spend our money is one of the clearest indicators of what we care about. What does your spending reveal? Is your spending honoring God and when God provides you surplus that extra are you allowing him to direct it where it should go because at the end of the day God is generous towards us and he provides us with more than we need if we include him in our finances if we give if we save and if we spend so with guidance from his word we can enjoy the blessings we receive while never losing sight of the bigger picture loving and caring for others and we can do that through our businesses as well guys so this is what God is doing and he wants us to join him in this exciting work. So with that being said, that is the end of this episode. And as always, I want to end off in prayer, um, a prayer that talks all about business finances. And I really want if you guys are struggling with your business finances this year, I hope that this three step process is really going to help you think and start making action to help reverse your business finances. Um Because I know this three-step process helped me, one, it helped me humble myself and made me be like, you know what, I'm not exempt from God's, the way that God tells us to manage our money. So the consequences I'm in now, or I was in financially, was because of how I was managing my money. Not because of, oh, I'm not getting enough money this way, oh, oh, things are expensive. Those are all excuses. At least that's how I looked at it in my situation. So If you have the means to bow your head and pray, please go ahead. I'm going to pray us out. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, as we all embark on this journey to reverse our business finances in 2024, we humbly come before you acknowledging your sovereignty over every aspect of our lives, including our businesses. Your word, Father, teaches us the importance of stewardship and wise financial management. And today we seek your divine guidance in aligning our business finances with your principles. Father, grant us the wisdom to follow your threefold path. First, to give generously, recognizing that all we have is a blessing from you. May uh, our giving be an expression of gratitude and an investment in your kingdom, Father. Uh, dearly, you know, secondly, teach us You know, the discipline of saving, Father. Understanding the importance of preparing for the future. Help us cultivate a mindset of stewardship over resources, knowing that you provide for both present and future needs. And lastly, Father, guide us in our spending. Grant us discernment to make wise choices that align with your will. Make our business expenditures reflect values that honor you, Father, and may we resist the allure of of worldly extravagance and helping us be content with what we already have. Lord, we surrender our business finances to you, acknowledging that it is your provision that sustains us. Guard our hearts, Father, and our minds against the pitfalls of financial mismanagement. And lead us, Father, in a path of financial abundance, not for our glory, Father, but for yours. In Jesus' name, I pray. We pray, Father. Amen. Thank you guys for listening in on another episode of Scripture Stories and Strategies. If you love this episode, especially the content of this episode, please share it with the fellow Christian entrepreneur. Um, please leave a comment or rate this podcast on whatever app you're on. It really helps this podcast reach more people. Who could really use these messages and I thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast thank you guys and I'll talk to you soon bye do you feel that that heat that fuel Girl, that's that faith fuel, and I pray you use the fuel and lessons learned today in this episode and apply them to your personal life and business journey. Feel free to screenshot this episode and share a business lesson you learned and will now be incorporating in your business. Don't forget to tag me, okay, at The Marketing Profit, so I'm notified and we can talk more about how you're going to apply those lessons to your business strategy in the DMs it would also mean so much to me to reach all the faith-based entrepreneurs who want to infuse God within their business journey. But in order to do that, I need your help to get the word out. I would love if you'd comment rate and subscribe to this podcast in order to help me reach those girls and share these biblical business strategies let them know what they're missing okay don't tell them i can turn water into wine but let them know i can turn scriptures and stories into applicable and action-packed business strategies thank you so much faith field friend and i will talk to you in my next episode have a blessed day